0: Right, folks, welcome back to the Across Pond MMA podcast with myself, Cameron Watson, and the <laughs> and the, uh, the best soccer coach in not only Atlanta, but the entire state of Georgia, uh, Billy Johnson. Uh, here to review a little bit of Bilal Muhammad v. Rocky Edwards and preview Derek Bronson, Kevin Holland. Uh, so, Billy, how, how are you getting on this week? Uh doing well. I just want to know if everyone smells what I'm smelling.
1: And that's <laughs> Matthew Smellsberger 16 second knockout that we uh we predicted here on Across the Pond MMA. You know, I start to think we need to be charging our viewers if we're gonna be giving out all these locks of picks. I they smelt mean. it. I smelt it from the second I looked at it. Matthew Smellsberger first round knockout. If you don't
0: believe us, go back and watch the tape. It's true, Billy. Billy locked in the smells. I doubled down on a KO, and sort of between us, we uh, we formulated a, a good bet there. So this is this is something like that I wanted to touch on, yeah, very quickly at the start. So you know, two weeks ago, well, I mean, I don't know if I said it on the show, but definitely it's something we had talked extensively about the King of Serbia, Uros Medic. It was going to be nothing other than a first round KO. Then last week, obviously, you locked in Matthew. Well, apparently his name is Semelsberger, but we're going with the smells yeah <laughs> um, smells burger obviously it just yeah we'll, we'll we'll roll with it so um we're going to make this a sort of weekly segment of a like a, a one and done sort of pick'em style thing where we lock in just some random uh maybe little known fighter that is going to steal the show um i don't know if billy's prep one this week we'll get into it when we when we preview the card um just a little sort of look at last week um i didn't see too much of it i'll be honest i did see the smells of course and the air jordan did you see the air jordan fight Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very violent third round i thought he looked very good um and i think another one we mentioned to watch in on we always said that jordan brings the entertaining fights so between us and dana white there's a a good collaboration if if you don't know now you know uh going on there Definitely the, the, the shock for me, well, not, not really a shock, but I thought Gavin Tucker um, would have posed more of a threat to Dan Ige. I watched it in, in slow motion, as I often do, when I'm sort of trying to break things down. And in the sequence, he got caught a little bit square and his hand's just a bit low. And it was a, it was at a right hand that just floored him. Mm-hmm. Um, a very nice shot. Ryan Spann, Serkinov. There was a lot of like quick finishes. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for if you were a, a, a knockout, Uh, fan it was definitely a a good card to to tune into Um, but obviously the main event rocky edwards bilal muhammad no contest due to possibly one of the worst eye pokes i've ever seen which follows one of the worst knees that i've ever seen the week before Um you said you were dipping in and out but of what you saw billy what were your thoughts well actually i just stumbled upon a
1: funny stat i never realized is it true that bilal muhammad and leon edwards have the exact same record they're both
0: 18 three and one
1: is this true it is is
0: they're 18 three zero and one no contest you're spot on wow that's interesting
1: that's interesting and i wonder how many fights Bilal. i know obviously leon's had nine plus in the ufc i wonder i've seen Bilal fight a decent amount of times in the ufc but interesting stat there maybe maybe we'd like to see below get another chance at someone at the top um i think that the main thing that i take away from that fight is what we were picking out on the fact that is a win or is a decent performance enough for leon edwards to get the title fight and we got our answer because right after that fight ended masvidal and usman's booked so now if you're leon edwards i think the question is where do you go from here
0: It's a tricky one because, you know, he sort of put himself in a Charles Oliveira type situation where he was sort of like belt or bust um, after this fight. Mm -hmm. Didn't really go how he had intended it to go. Um, You know, obviously nice saying to Bilal, you know, I was dominating you up until the, um, you know, the no contest was ruled. Um, I mean, it's a five round event, but, you know, I, I sort of get, you know, things are swinging one way early on. Not to say Bilal Muhammad could not have come back, but you know Rocky has his take on how the fight was going and feels that off the back of that, Bilal does not deserve a rematch. Um, I don't know. I really don't know where you go from here. Uh, to be honest with you, the only fight, if you're not going to give Bilal the rematch, which I, I I don't know, I don't see happening, mm-hmm. um, you have probably got go to go go down the Colby route for the the next guy in line to to Usman mm-hmm. after Usman decimates Masvidal for the second time.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm like a little frustrated with how, and maybe behind the scenes, it's something that Colby's done, but I'm a little frustrated with how Colby has been handled by the UFC, because it's like, love him or hate him, you want to see him fight, and I feel like we see him fight so infrequently, and it's fights that we're like, ah, okay, sure, you know, it's Woodley off the back of Woodley Woodley's losses, we wanted Woodley and Colby right at the start of it, it's uh, Robbie Lawler out of nowhere, and we're like, Robbie Lawler, and he puts on these entertaining fights, but it's like, at what point can we see the Usman again or can we see the Masvidal one like to me the fight to make from the start has been coming to
0: Masvidal those guys genuinely hate each other yeah absolutely but uh interestingly you know as we said Usman Masvidal two booked in front of a full Jacksonville Florida crowd um, is it Florida
1: I thought it was Texas
0: I'm pretty sure it's Jacksonville yeah yeah I, yeah, I saw Jacksonville um what what do you know about the situation in terms of you know we we don't want to obviously talk too much about covid this isn't you know a covid podcast but um you know what do you think about in terms of is florida ready for a a sellout crowd is there going to be you know lateral flow testing on the way in or how how are they going to do it
1: so this will be an interesting uh response for our viewers i think because we've got a lot of them from different sides of the pond as the podcast refers to but um over here it's been ready honestly everyone's been going out bars have been open for nine months everyone who wants to not take the risk isn't taking the risk everyone who wants to go out is going out and they have been for a long time i honestly think it feels like a long time coming Um, most people are vaccinated over here anyone over anyone over 40 pretty much my parents have just been vaccinated most adults that i know that want to be vaccinated are vaccinated so it's a question of like, if not now, then when, I guess, maybe you wait another month. But yeah, I think everyone over here, it's been, bars have been open for nine months. So if you want to go watch a fight and you want to put, you want to expose yourself to that risk, you know, feel free.
0: I think that's fair enough. You know, now, now knowing, obviously I wasn't maybe aware that it had been nine months that bars had been open. Um, it's, it's Yes, since,
1: I want to say, maybe not nine months, but. Since probably like
0: August, yeah, something close to it. It 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 is almost um, surprising then that it has taken Dana White this long to secure somewhere that will host a crowd. Obviously, you know, Florida was the first place that let him put on fights. You know, in the middle of the pandemic, and so it's it's probably only fitting that that's the the first place that will let him sell out a crowd. Um, Mm -hmm. Was there anything else announced for that card, or was it just Masood Al Uzman? I don't know if I heard anything else about that one, um. But there were a few announcements, Billy, that I, I did want to get your take on. I mentioned it to you earlier. Gagey Chandler is in the works. I don't know if it's officially announced, but it sort of, you know, cements your um your take on the Oliveras uh, uh situation. Even that you know he's now on the sidelines. You've basically got you know a four man tournament between Chandler, Gagey, Connor, and Dustin. That's the way it's gonna work, I would presume. Um, any early pick on the Chandler Gaethje front? I
1: don't. I think this is one of those fights that every night I go to sleep and I wake up with a different pick. Mm-hmm. I I want to lean Gaethje just because of what like. Not to say Bellator, and I know this might hit home for you, not to say Bellator is the elite competition, but there are some fighters in there that obviously wouldn't be able to hang in the UFC, and Chandler built most of his resume in Bellator. Chandler's also built beat some killers, and I, I'm a big Michael Chandler fan, but Justin Gaethje just feels like he's got that UFC experience. He's at that level. Um, I think it's going to be a tough fight for Chandler. Also, I didn't think Chandler was going to beat Dan Hooker, though, so maybe this is the kiss of death for Justin Gaethje by me saying that I think Justin Gaethje will win it.
0: And it's not just that he beat Dan Hooker, it was the fashion that he beat him in, you know, it was just, stalked him and he looked very loose, you know, I was very impressed with how he looked before he um, landed the shot and it was just picture perfect, Um, you know, he had Dan Hooker backpedaling, you know, we we said at the time that he, um, I do apologize if you can hear that siren, Uh, there's a police car sort of driving around here, and, you know, we said at the time that Dan Hooker, he looked a bit nervous and a bit stiff and, but, you know, no excuse for a fantastic, Chandler performance. One thing that I think isn't really talked about enough is if you look at Justin Gaethje's whole UFC career, you know, we've what at the start we've Michael Johnson, and um, then you have a couple of losses, you know, Eddie and you know, Dustin. The improvement that he made after, I can't remember the who did he fight second? Was it Poirier was or yeah, Poirier. Eddie, Eddie was the first. Yeah, and then yeah. fought Dustin. So after the Dustin fight, the improvements that he made, I think he is one of the most improved fighters in the last sort of three years because mm-hmm. he's just completely like you know lost that lack of D. De- as in, like he's more sort of defensively minded now in terms of you know he gets in, he gets out, he doesn't really get hit. You know, he had sort of three or four fights in a row where he before he really before he met Khabib and after he fought Poirier. Didn't really get hit all that much, you know. Tony hit him a couple of times. Um, you know, I think, yeah, dropped him in the second, uh, clean shot. But you know, he's been, you know, really, I think he's really tightened up. And the way I sort of look at it is based on how that fight went with Poirier. Do I think Poirier has improved as much as Gecchi if they were to fight again? I don't think so. And that fight was close at the time. I, you know, I think it's gonna be really tough to stop Gecchi, you know, on his way back to the title.
1: I agree, but I also think the thing with, with Dustin is Dustin just brings um, strikers. He brings the savage out of those strikers. For example, he made it get sloppy with Connor. It wasn't a clean, technical stand-up fight. He makes every fight. If you want to stand up with him, he's going to make it a little bit sloppy. And I don't mean that to discredit his technique. He's one of the more technical and clean boxers I've seen, but it's just his style. He'll He's willing to take one to land three. And I think fighting Gaethje, that's going to bring the exact same dog out of Gaethje. I don't think he'll have the same composure versus a Dustin Poirier that he has versus a Khabib versus uh a Tony. Like it, it's a different animal when you're in there with Dustin. He just wants to get his hands on you as quick as possible and Justin is not going to back down from that.
0: It's going to be a if it comes to fruition, obviously has to get over the the Chandler bump, you know.
1: I I'd, I'd like to point out there. I think that suggests that you're predicting a McGregor loss to Dustin Poirier the second time around. Um, I had not really thought about that to be honest with you. Because if they see each other, would you would think it would have to be win win. That's true. I don't know. Um, we'll Maybe see. It's uh, just
0: your subconscious speaking here. There's something <laughs> you got to tell us. You falling off on Connor a little bit? Absolutely not. We'll we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, you know, I I, I just I had it in my mind there. You know, it's it, you know you've you've Poirier, um. Who obviously has already fought Gaethje and Gaethje Chandler you know I was just sort of thinking about um, Gitchy's ability to get back to one against uh, Poirier of course Poirier mm-hmm. has to to go through none other than Conor McGregor to uh mm-hmm. to get that fight so we'll see what happens there another thing interestingly and this one is a maybe even a little more interesting because this is sort of a crossroads fight for Tony Ferguson against you know for the hardcores, a real tough fight in Benil Dariush, little known, probably to the casuals, uh, a fantastic comeback win against Drakar Close really springs to mind last year. And you have DC, Anak, and Rogan going ballistic. That That's, you know, the, the, sort of the famous photo. Um, what do you think? You know, I obviously I was telling you about this a, a bit earlier. What did you think about this when you heard about it? Unfortunately, the ego in me thought of the fact that who
1: and you can attest to this who kind of called this tony ferguson um demise from the top early on i i mean watching his fights it was just there were so many of them that i was like oh he almost got beat by this guy well he almost got beat that by this guy and to tony's credit he always persevered and always found a way but just like the ones like the lando venata fight like i don't see uh mcgregor going in there with lando venata and like getting dropped and getting in trouble like the way Tony was, and it was every fight, the Kevin Lee fight, he was getting slammed on his head, he was getting jabs landed on and I'm like, I just, I don't know, I don't see elite fighters getting themselves in this much trouble every fight like Tony Ferguson was, so unfortunately to me, and I know a lot of people won't like to hear me say this, I'm not surprised by what's happened to Tony, I want to see Tony be able to pull it off. And I think it's a, it's a little bit of a strange fight because like you said, it's the guy who no one really pays attention to coming on a hot
0: streak. It's the guy who everyone paid attention to on a little bit of a cold streak. Yeah, it's a very interesting fight. And, you know, we love on the Across Fun MMA podcast, we love clippable moments that we can reflect on. So right here, I will dig my heels in and I will say, oh. Tony Ferguson will get dropped by Benil Dariush. It is almost a certainty. You know, if this is, you know, any longer than sort of even money, you will cash big. This is, you know, it's, 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 it's a historical thing in terms of, you know, as you said, you know, Lando Venata dropped him, uh, Anthony Pettis dropped him, Justin mm-hmm. Gaethje dropped him, Benil Darius hits hard. He's not obviously as technical a striker as the likes of a Justin Gaethje, but I would say he's pretty technical when you stack him up against a, a Lando Venata or a, uh, and Anthony Pettis. So um, my, my clippable moment of the, the podcast today is, oh, what what did what you find? I'm just checking out the odds for the Tony Ferguson. Dariush, what do we have?
1: What would you think it is? Oh, show me the odds in the European style, the 1.62. That's not my, do you do you understand those? I do, yeah. Okay. Um, so it says that Benil Darius is 1.62, Tony Ferguson is, so is that just payout 2.25? So Bet one to win one point six two. No, with Tony's two point two five. Yeah, so Tony's a dog. It says Tony Ferguson to beat Daniel Darius at current odds of two point two five.
0: Yeah, he's a dog. Both- I I have it in a in a in a format you'll understand here, Billy. Darius minus one sixty five. Tony hmm. plus one thirty five. Wow. So wow, I don't know. Like, it makes sense to me that. Tony would be a dog. Obviously, you know it's a pretty, pretty a uh, big fall from grace for him. You know, obviously mm-hmm. the, the amount of times the fight with Gaethje. No, sorry, the fight with Tony. No, let's try that again. The fight with <laughs> Khabib was meant to be made and was made and then fell out. Um, but obviously, since the the loss to Gaethje and the loss to Charles Oliveira, and we've talked extensively about those two. Um, you know, it's a real, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the Dom Cruz fight the other weekend. It's a real crossroads fight. You know, this is sink or swim. You either, mm-hmm. it, this would, if he lost to Darius, it would cement Ferguson as sort of a gatekeeper. Do you know what I mean? But where, oh, Billy Johnson is shared a fight. <laughs> <laughs> what have you found? No, nah, it's just, it, no, nah, it's it's nothing. It's just a good picture of Neil day <laughs> <laughs> by Billy distracting me mid-sentence by sending me photos of Benil Dariush. Um, um I'm seeing guy. I'm seeing Tony as long as plus 150 and, wow. Dari- and Dariush as short as minus 175. But you know, as I said, if you look at where they are in their careers, how they've looked recently, obviously the, the real variable here is the difference in caliber of competition. You look at who mm-hmm. Tony has fought and who Dariush has fought. fought even you know, even though Darius has looked fantastic, uh, Tony has looked you know subpar to say the least in his last couple of outings, just getting decimated you know twice in a row. Um, it's it's difficult to sort of see Darius, uh, and I know once minus one seventy five isn't isn't a big favorite, but in this sort no, of, I, I agree with you. I, th- I think it kind of is in the
1: sense that if you look at the guy who's on the five fight win streak, his last win is a split decision over Carlos Ferreira so I agree with you. It's to be able to toss one, negative one 175 on him versus someone who's fought the elites of the elites has been fought for two interim belts and the other guys coming off a win against Carlos Veja, and it's a split decision. Yeah, and then before that, sure, fantastic fashion against Scott Holtzman, but no disrespect to Scott Holtzman, but that's not exactly the Justin Gaethje. That's not exactly even the Kevin Lee, the like the top of the division, so... And there's true Dober in there for Daryush as well. I know that one hurts a little bit for you.
0: <laughs> it was quite funny actually. I was watching a uh, Makachev Dober, obviously, with a with a few people, and it was the fight that I saw the least of, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. was just, I don't know, it was maybe about 4 a.m. and I was fighting with nature that time, you know, it was um the eyes were sort of hanging out of me at that stage, but I just I didn't really see any of the fight, and I just sort of woke up and I saw. Him just getting sub. <laughs> it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't great. Um, but sure, these things do happen. Um, okay, we will have a preview of Brunson Holland. Now, the first thing I want to say before we sort of break down the card as a whole, well, before I even say that, obviously the, the card is without tons of name value, it's actually a good card. I was looking at it from top to bottom and I, I quite like some of the things I'm seeing. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is. Numbers MMA uh, tweeted a little bit earlier today, or a couple of days ago, when Kevin Holland has faced an opponent that has attempted five takedowns or more on them, he is two and one, and his two wins are by split decision, and he has a fifty-one percent control rate allowed, which I presume is fifty-one percent of the fight he has been controlled, and a minus four significant strike differential. Put that against the uh, well, the seven fights on record here where opponents have not attempted five plus takedowns on him six and one, 13 control rate allowed, plus 166 significant strike differential. Mm-hmm. And the killer here is Derek Brunson has attempted seven plus takedowns in four straight fights. I so I, I think
1: those are good numbers. I think there's a little bit of a caveat in those numbers though, because if you remember, it was the event that I was at Kevin Holland's debut against Tiago Santos, he took the fight, and I want to say. Th- three days notice four days notice maybe and so he's coming in a lot lighter than his opponent a lot lighter than tiago santos tiago santos was a big big man in there i want to say was this fight at light heavyweight because it was on such short notice and tiago santos or was this tiago Santos's last fight at middleweight
0: i'm sure we can find out here middleweight
1: yeah it was middleweight okay okay yeah so so his his then he moves up after beating Kevin Holland and that's one of Kevin Holland's who Kevin Holland took it on three days notice. And then he moves up to light heavyweight. So essentially Kevin Holland's coming in on three days notice against a guy who's really a 205. er And the guy's not a grappler, but the guy does nothing but take him down. Um, and Kevin Holland still made that exciting fight. No one really expected him to win that fight. He's coming in on three days notice making his UFC debut against a top 10 opponent. So I, I think that one has a little bit of a caveat in it. The other one, I think was the Brendan Allen loss, maybe just a bad night at the office, maybe not. Brendan Allen is a good grappler, but I don't think he's anywhere near the level that should um trouble Kevin Holland. So I re- I think honestly the question is we don't really know. You know, if you take the Tiago Santos, if you take that into perspective and then the Brendan Allen, everyone has an off night. I think it'll be an interesting one to see. I mean, he's fought like the Gerald Mayersharts and it was a split decision win, who Gerald Mayershart's a grappler and he um you like to really slow that pace down. I think in this one, with it being five rounds, I don't think Brunson can just keep him held down for five rounds. I don't think he can do that and get a decision out of it. And if he can, Brunson's proved himself as the ultimate gatekeeper. He doesn't let
0: these strikers get to the top. That's the thing. Obviously, this fight definitely has become more interesting. Well, I mean, it's obviously made because of the Shabazzian win for Brunson. You know, If he didn't beat Shabazzian, this fight wouldn't be made. But it makes it a whole lot more interesting, because that was sort of another guy, sort of young up-and-comer and um, that people had their eye on derek Brunson. uh i'm looking at the odds here so kevin Hall- well, the, the odds on that shabazzian
1: one were i and i got fooled into believing the odds i think shabazzian was a negative 400 favorite yeah i was gonna say it was i thought he was four to one yeah and so i remember like thinking about it and i was like is that so yeah i guess this kid's moving on to the next level sure he's probably not going to get his loss against Derek Brunson, it kind of felt like the Adesanya thing a little bit to me. It was like, okay, if this kid is who he is, oh, surely his first loss isn't going to be Jan Blachowicz. But, yeah, I was wrong both
0: times. It's just one of those things. So, that's it's, it's a close – I mean, the odds suggest it's a close fight. I feel like when we're in there, it probably won't be that close, to be quite honest with you. I feel – and as you say, you know, can Derek Brunson have his way, you know, grappling for five rides? Probably not. I'd say you know Kevin Holland will be and you know I think Kevin Holland is another one of those guys sort of like Gichi that has improved massively and, um, you know showed you know really showed that he deserved being there with a, a Jacare Souza um you know didn't wasn't sort of afraid of Jacare's grappling and submission prowess even sort of went for a uh guillotine of his own at one stage uh, actually the the highlights of that popped up for me earlier I was rewatching that um so it's, it's an interesting fight. I do sort of see Holland passing it with flying colors, whether it's a KO or a dominant sort of five round decision. Um, do you have a pick uh, for this one, Billy? Um, I'm a Kevin Holland fan. Yeah.
1: And like, it would hurt me to say anything but Kevin Holland winning. But at the same time, I feel like that's just a little bit of safe of an answer. So I I want I don't know if I can verbally say it, but I want to throw out like a ridiculous statement, like Derek Brunson overhand left, similar to what he did to Anderson Silva. But I just can't bring myself to saying it. So no, I will not lock in a pick for this. If we're looking at the card and asking me who I will lock in, there's a couple interesting names to get to. Here
0: we go. I mean, this is I think at this stage, you know, it's only been what one or two events where we've done this, but this is what people keep coming back for the uh, right. the, the Billy the Billy Impulse pick. I think we'll call it for for lack of a better name. So, so uh, who's caught your eye? I'd like
1: to direct uh every viewer to um head the heavyweight division. Um, I knew I honestly I saw it. I am <laughs> not, not going with it. I'm not going with the Harry
0: hunsucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going with it. Actually, my my real uh decision is Adrian Yanes. I like to call him the little doll in his debut very similar style a little bit like of a brawler style kind of has the same swagger to him really really entertaining fighter for the bantam weights. don't know what the odds are but i he's... have it
0: here minus 225 he is. yep and then what's the
1: odds I, I usually don't like i don't usually don't get picks in on the women's division but for cheyenne bays's debut what's the odds for those um
0: she is minus 350 wow she and had a late taking... a- yeah, she had a lit yeah. change of opponent there. I saw it the other day. Yeah. Um yeah. and I I think the replacement is like nine and one. Yeah. Yes. So um yeah. that seems I don't know, there seems to be dog value there to be had if uh if numbers are anything to go by. Um and obviously and and um her husband JP, they are mm-hmm. fighting on the same card. I think it do they come from PFL and they became the first married couple there to Have wins on the same night. Um, Not sure. Looking, or maybe it was LFA, one of the two, uh, obviously looking to do the same thing uh, here in the UFC. JP, a slightly, well, on paper, a tougher fight uh, coming in at sort of minus 145 against Bruno Silva. So you're locking in Adrian Yanez. I would accept it because, you know, that's who caught my eye looking up and down, you know, saw him on contender Mm. series. very quick knockout. Looked good, obviously, in his debut as well. But I want to make this a little more interesting. Adrian Yanez, okay. you know, he's he is. Um, I think his price is too short. He's what minus two twenty five. I think mm-hmm. the cutoff for the Billy Impulse pick should be about two to one. I ben. think in I think the the weekly impulse pick needs to be more of a pickem. Do you know what I mean? If we're gonna, so what's what's the Grant Dawson odds? Game? Give me a okay. So yeah, order. Dawson minus 190. And um, so here's the thing. I'm a Grant Dawson fan. This will be, I don't know, week, who knows, in a row where James Christ will be cornering. Uh, he's on a bit of a roll of uh of guys uh fighting in the UFC at the minute. Um so Grant Dawson, as I said, minus 190. I was doing a little bit of digging on Liarno, sorry. <laughs> leonardo santos we're gonna have a nice compilation of me trying to say names um sure by the end of the year and um leonardo santos has not lost in mma since 2009 he's how many tw- fights are between them 12 wins and one draw wow and like he, you know, he'll fight. He'll, <laughs> he'll fight sporadically, is what I was trying to say. He's uh, Forty-one years of age. Forty-one years of age, and he's saying like, you know, you know, people are counting me out, and he said something about um the bald guy needs to start betting on me. I don't know if that's at Dana or <laughs> who knows. But like for example, like he he, he fought wow. Kevin Lee and knocked him out in the first round on the McGregor Aldo undercard. So you know he's a bit of a stud. Um. If you get a plus two twenty five price on Leon uh Leonardo Santos uh, against Grant Dawson, um did I see plus two? Oh no, sorry, Grant Dawson is on some bookmakers favorite, yeah. minus two twenty five. So what's the yeah. the longest you can get on Santos? It's plus one seventy five. So if I'm gonna hop on the bandwagon and give my impulse picks as well, and maybe we can start a bit of a league with it, uh, because we're one and one now with Medich versus uh Semelsberger. That's the fight to make, um. <laughs> I will be locking in and as I said as much as I'm a Grant Dawson fan I mean I can't help myself but um, predict a a dog win and then say I told you so so I will say Leonardo Santos for the upset against Grant Dawson but I mean Dawson uh, similarly hasn't lost in I don't know I think it's five or six years he's what what did I see him at like 16 and one he's 16 um, and one yeah, so fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic um Featherweight fighter. Obviously he was on that season of Tough with um Luis Pena. Um and Was he? Was he not? I don't I don't think so. I think th- he's he's a lightweight. Pena was a lightweight. Yeah, but that was uh the Ah no was- no I see. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. I've made a mistake. I, I think I know who you're talking about, though. Is it Bryce Mitchell that you're confusing with him? It might be. Yeah, um, I think I think where it came from was um, Grant Dawson has fought the winner of that tough season. That's where mm. I got mixed up. Uh, Mike uh, Triziano. Where is Where's he then?
1: Has he, he has he fought? I remember he's the one who took basically all my money because I said that Luis Pena was the future, and then. They fought each other, and I thought there was no way that Peña loses that, but yeah. It was uh,
0: a little um sort of story in, in between this. So uh, when I was in Vegas uh, for two two six, 2 I saw, I'm sure there's a few people watching. I'm sorry, a few people listening will know this story. I saw Peña, and he was going up the escalator. Uh, up to I don't know, he sort of came out of like a fighter VIP area and went up the escalator. And I thought, well, like I'm not gonna go up and chase him. So mm. so I took a photo of him on the escalator, like to prove that I had seen him. But then mm-hmm. I decided I chased him up the escalator and stopped him for a photo. Um nice guy. That was the night after his win over oh, let's test my knowledge. It's that uh Richie Smullen, yes, uh, on mm. the the tough finale, um, which was the same card that Adesanya fought. Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares, yeah. We're not too bad with our uh, with our UFC uh, historical sort of knowledge. Um, the other interesting fight here is the return of Gregor Gillespie against Brad Riddell, and um, potentially the next star of city kickboxing has looked you know pretty good um, since making his debut. I don't know, was it three three fights ago? I think. Um, I watched a little bit of media day with Gregor Gillespie and he was saying how, you know, the, the head kick knockout against, well, the loss against Kevin Lee was a lot easier to take than him getting sort of dominated for 15 minutes because he's like, well, I mean, you know, basically he was saying I got caught, you know, it's easier to take than yeah me just getting decimated for the full fight. Um, right. So he he doesn't seem to have, he seems to have taken that very well. I can see him picking up where he left off and um, Brad Riddell, I think is a, a good, a good task sort of coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this is sort of what I was alluding to when I said on the surface this is a good card um, Montel Jackson is minus 650 wow So, wow. Uh, and some bookmakers have him um, as short as minus 800 um, who's he fighting? Jesse Strader so that's my pick of the week <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> what do you think then you know I, I I can let you off with the Adrian Yanez one this week if there's nothing else sticking out mm-hmm. at you because that's sort of what um what I was gonna pick, um mm-hmm. but uh, yeah for next week I think yeah because I said we're 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 one and one on these sort of impulse picks even though Uros Medic I sort of predicted six months ago um but that's what we, we will pick it up then next week on mm-hmm. that front um other news as I alluded to earlier Whitaker. Costa is off and um, initially I think Costa said he wanted it moved to May 1st or May 8th I don't know maybe he was back drinking too much wine or something again who knows um, Costa doing what Costa does but Kelvin Gastelum who is on a mission for gold as he likes to put it
1: <laughs>
0: hashtag on a mission for gold stepping up on sort of short-ish notice right. against Bobby Knuckles and um, when I met Kelvin Gastelum but two and a half years ago, I wished them luck against uh, Robert Whitaker, and the fight never happened. But here now, it makes sense. You know, <laughs> now <laughs> it's happening. Around. Um, exactly. It's an interesting matchup. You know, have we seen? We haven't seen Robert since he lost to Israel, have we? No, we have. Till, um, oh yeah, of course. And and Jared
1: Cannoneer. Goodness me, I'm on today about being wrong about things. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> no, that, and that, so that's, that's why I think this fight is interesting because I think it's kind of two fighters who really trended in different directions. If you look at a Whitaker, you had you lost to Adesanya and you bounced back and have looked great. He, I mean, he's next up. That's why I think him and Casa was a good stylistic matchup. <laughs> really quickly, I want to touch on this too. I think it's hilarious what Casa has done to himself. He's the most entertaining fighter who's turned unlikable. Yeah because true. of the way he's handled the loss like everyone unanimously is just looking at this guy and saying like get over it move on show us something like stop making excuses and then you have Gaslam who uh getting back to the Whitaker point you have Gaslam who actually trended in the opposite direction as in after his loss to Izzy it was a really close loss and was a really entertaining fight goes on loses the till goes on gets subbed in the first minute to Jack Hermanson so I think that was interesting how they turned it back in the opposite directions. And the other thing I want to point out is if you're Kelvin Gaslam, you kind of just got thrown a life jacket while you were drowning a little bit in the division. I mean, you in your last four fights, you have one win and it's to Ian Heinish. No disrespect to Ian Heinish, but that doesn't usually get you a number one contender fight. And now he's got himself a number one contender fight. So if you're Kelvin Gaslam, you better be thanking all things that that uh that contract came across your desk and then respect to robert whitaker you know the win against this isn't necessarily the win against the top top contender like the paul acosta that we're looking for but at the same time in the style that whitaker has like been fighting he's next in line if he gets himself through this one so i think it's a good fight and i think it's exciting one
0: it is an exciting one especially you know as i said it was meant to happen i believe for the belt you know sort of two and a half years ago and but you know, it, it it pays to stay ready. You know, obviously, it's been sort of a theme of the the pandemic period of guys sort of staying ready and mm-hmm. filling in uh, when gaps sort of emerge. And um, so it, it's paid off immensely for him. You know, he's got a probably a much bigger fight than he deserves because what Ian was ranked around like fifteen, I think. Right. That's sort of where he was around. You know, coming off the loss three in a row at Asanya mm-hmm. Till Hermanson. You know, no shame in those losses, but I mean, in terms of where he wants to be, and of it, like he's still, you know, relatively young. You know, he's twenty nine years of age. You right. know, he's not, you know, he's sort of entering his prime. Um, so this is a great, I'd say, fight for him to get back where he wants to be, and it will put him right back up there. Uh, you know, to face Israel Adesanya, especially in Adesanya now that is here to stay um, at middleweight, at least for the foreseeable future. There's a bit of history there in terms of you know Gaslam nearly got him out of there. Then Izzy nearly got Gastelum out of there. Arguably did, and the fight should have been stopped. Cracking back and forth fight. Um, so I mean, if that has to be made, if if Gaston, you know, beats Whitaker, you know, there, as I said, there is sort of dialogue there. Um, so I mean, he's put himself into a great position by just staying uh, in shape. And I think I think it's funny because I
1: really look at um whether someone qualifies themselves for a title shot resume-wise, and that's why. Charles Oliveira, the resume wasn't really standing out to me. Sure, the results were. And so it's interesting that that came to fruition. And honestly, the sad part is with Kelvin Gaston, the resume to me just doesn't stand out as someone who should be challenging for a title. He has three wins in his last eight fights. That is not someone who should be knocking on the door, even if he were to beat Robert Whitaker and likely get the title fight. He would have won four of his last nine then. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly the most impressive to me. I get it. There's some elite competition in there, but you just don't see a title who's going to reign for a while when you've lost to the best of the best. A champion who's going to reign for the while when
0: you've lost to the top of the division. Who's there? Like, you know, if you're, you know, we talked a bit about, you know, hypothetically Billy being sort of Sean Shelby and having shares in the UFC, you know, if you're trying to make money or, you know, what makes sense here in terms of Adesanya's return to middleweight? It'll be the winner of this fight. Mm-hmm yeah certainly
1: the winner of this fight the loser of this fight will fight paulo costa so it does you know there are sort of um you know mm. there's
0: a there, there's a path
1: you know of how this is we're, going to play out we're forgetting um and i know your fan base the uk fan base will till be of us forgetting that i think the winner of that has got a claim i think the winner of that has got a claim if it's till just because adesanya has and his coaches have openly said the only two fights in the middleweight division that they would even look into is the Whitaker
0: and the Till fight? That is interesting. Yeah, because you know, say Till gets through that challenge. Yeah, then as you say, Adesanya, he, he he does want to fight Till. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a tricky one, as we say. I there are guys, I feel like you know Whitaker, if he wins this, that are sort of above Till in a claim to the title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's maybe something similar to what you were saying earlier. Like, does a win over Vittori get you a title shot? Does a win over Till get you a title shot? I don't know. And I know you sort of say resume-wise, but to so say hypothetically, if Till beat Vittori and Gaslam beat Whitaker, who would you give it to? Oh, no doubt in
1: my mind it's Till. Just because mm. that's the fight that Adesanya said he wants. And if if Till beats Vittori, he's, Till's sitting at four, what's he do then? Fight mm-hmm. Gaslam maybe? Who Gaslam's right now sitting at eight? Like, you can't go from eight, get a win title shot in
0: four get a win no title shot yeah i don't know like it, it it seems to all make sense but it all seems also a bit of a mess at the same time and um, right. but you know we have fights there unfolding in the next couple of months and we will hopefully get a maybe a, a big performance will will come out of these fights and we, it'll be clear to us who uh who deserves the shot right um before we go i'd like to get uh, i'd like to get our
1: um our fan base involved a little bit and we will say, I want them to start sparking some ideas for who I will place a $100 bet on um, in the, should I do this week and now we'll give them some time. We'll say next next weekend, uh, the UFC or the main event, not main event, sorry, the pay-per-view card, we will say that I will open up suggestions and I will pick one of the comments, one of the suggestions that we get for who I will place my $100 on and please, be friendly to me. Don't pick the biggest underdog on the card.
0: I love if we get like one comment and it's in Ganu by submission. That would just be fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, I do not know like...
0: going into specifics, but <laughs> just burning money for the sake of it. Yes. Right. Um, Miochich and Ganu, Volkanovski, Ortega, um, O'Malley, Almeida. Wow. Volkanovski, Ortega is really this close. It's interesting woodley luke a lot of uh crossroad fight coming up you know as i said dariush ferguson woodley luke is a bit of a crossroads fight Um i feel like we will save this fun for next week uh, we will not oh, absolutely will not I,
1: just, um, I want the thoughts to start culminating to our audience
0: absolutely and um, yeah we'll, we'll throw that on the, the insta reel and um, we'll uh we'll let their imaginations run wild and um, mm-hmm. OK, Billy, any any closing thoughts? Anything anything you want to uh, close out with? No, nope. watch out for the performance of the night from Adrian Yanez.
1: And then dark sleeper on the card is the tie to Vasa against
0: the grizzly bear Harry Huntsucker. One more thing before we go um, for our UK and Ireland fans um, on Thursday night, hopefully I get this up on Thursday, we have Paul Hughes in the Featherweight Division. Um Will Curry, who is the oh, what do you call him? PV1. What's his name? The English kid. Jimmy Manoa? Yeah, PV1, the very one. Um, his sort of uh protege, Will Curry, uh fighting tonight uh on Cage Warriors. And tomorrow night we have um Ian Gary in a welterweight title eliminator um, so just something to keep in mind as i said for our uk and ireland fans uh, okay that's all from billy and i uh, until next week enjoy the fight, and don't forget to place your ko bets on adrian yanez um, you will regret it if you don't thank you very much